This is Women Authors of Achievement podcast, episode 55 with guest Diane Evans, recorded live at Sifted Summit in London. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Daria Savorova, and welcome to the show. Today with me live on stage here in London is Diane Evans, director of EMEA Expansion at Shopify, where she oversees the European expansion of Shopify, the global commerce platform powering millions of modern high-growth brands. More and more SMEs and creators are unlocking the power of social commerce through platforms like TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, where social commerce orders grew four times in the beginning of the year. As the bridge from content to commerce gets shorter, Shopify continues to innovate and build tools for the creator economy, where new products like YouTube shopping are making it easier for creators and brands to sell directly on YouTube. Today, we speak about the exciting future of commerce. And if you enjoy this episode, make sure to leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Hello, Diane. It's a pleasure to welcome you here today on the Women Authors of Achievement podcast. And especially, it's really exciting for me to be live on stage with you here in London. I think this is like, you know, the podcast is based in Berlin usually. I record in the studio there. And now I'm in London, live podcast, live stage. I mean, how exciting it is. It's amazing. I know what we were talking earlier, the energy in London is just amazing. So this is really exciting. So thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. So your career, I know, spans over two decades um, in a range of leadership and C-level roles for e-commerce and software as a service businesses such as eBay, Metro and Sitzmec. How did you arrive at Shopify and took the lead as a director of EMEA Expansion? So tell me a bit of that story. Yeah, sure. So if I, if I look back at my career, I've done a lot of varied things. So I've worked in many markets. I've um, opened up new offices. I'm American originally, so I moved to London. So um, I did that about 13 years ago, right? So I've done a lot of different things. And I think the roads have kind of led me to, to Shopify and where, where I am now. So um, I got in touch. Shopify actually got in touch with me when I was on maternity leave with my second child. And so um, I had sworn off any work conversations during that time because during my first maternity leave, I was consulting. I um, co-founded a startup during that time. So quite busy, did a lot of things that probably didn't involve mothering. So <laughs> I thought that during this time, I would focus on, focus on that. Yeah. And so, um, but I couldn't resist the call. We had used Shopify at the last company I had worked in and I knew the power of the platform. And so I spent time getting to know Shimona Mehta, who is the EMEA MD. And we started to talk about Shopify's plans in Europe, where it's going. And she introduced me to a few other people within the company. And there was a role at the time that was available, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the right fit for me. How come? Uh, well, it just wasn't, um, it wasn't one the right time. So I did respect my, uh, my wish right. of not working too early during my maternity leave, but it just ended up not being exactly the right fit for me. And so Shimon and I spent time collaborating on what would a role look like, what could be a good opportunity for me at Shopify, and how could I join? And I was so keen to join the company because everybody that I met along the way were incredible. They were incredibly intelligent, right? Um, Really driven and very mission driven which is unique. Um, Everything that we do at Shopify focuses on the merchant, on our partners, and on the mission. And so it was about 10 months, I think, from my first conversation with Shimona Mm -hmm. to me actually joining joining the company um, and where I came in then doing market expansion and also leading partnerships. It was really based on what I had done in the past. So again, I had opened up new markets in the U.S. very early in my career. Okay, so you've done that before. I've done that before. One of my my first very senior roles was actually I worked for a tech company. It's 25 people. It Mm -hmm. was based on the East Coast. 
of the States. They were opening up a Chicago office. Right. So the person that hired me quit two weeks after I started. And so I was the only person there. And so I raised my hand and said, hey, let me do this. Let me open the office. Let me hire the people. Let me build the team. Um, and uh, and let me kind of lead this expansion. So that was kind of my first taste of expansion. So, but how different is expansion when we speak about US, you know, and then Europe? And it does feel different. It is. Oh, no, it's definitely different. And you know what? Um, I think, like, naive, um, being American, Right when I first started doing international expansion, I thought, well, this would be just the same because you know, in the U.S., you know, di you know, the different parts are a little bit different. The Midwest is different than the East Coast is different right. than the South, right? Um, but it's but it's very different, right? So there is um, there are some things that are the same: hiring the right people at the start, you know, finding the people that are entrepreneurial, um, understanding kind of the local kind of ecosystem and what's happening. Some of that is similar, but really, it's quite different. Cool. But now back to Shopify, you spoke about the mission already. Yeah. And maybe you could just introduce what is this mission that Shopify is after? Yeah, absolutely. So at Shopify, we are building the retail operating system for the future of commerce. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that sounds like a big statement, but we're, we're intersecting at the, um, the intersection of two different worlds, one being retail and one being online, right? And so we are um, enabling merchants to really work across, reach their consumers across any services. So we'll talk a bit probably about mm -hmm. social commerce, right? Um, also retail with POS, right? But even things like helping merchants solve their business needs through some of our partnerships, um, shipping, things like that. So we're really trying to build this retail operating system that will serve every merchant. So it could be the startup, the creator, right? right? All the way through to that large merchant, that large enterprise or retailer that's trying to make sure that they're equipped mm -hmm. for the future and where commerce is going. Right. So this is something also you mentioned right now because I know that you are supporting SMEs and creators is super important for you. Yeah. And you know, when we speak about creators, it can be uh, musicians, local bookstore owners, artists, I mean, you name it. But why them? Why do you feel so empowered to create tools and resources for SMEs and creators and just help them build their businesses? Do you feel, that, is there like a bigger meaning and mission behind that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, you know, at Shopify, we believe that creators are right. the next entrepreneurs, right? Right. So these are the entrepreneurs of the, of the future. And what we know is that the bridge between content and commerce is shortening. Right? right, and so if you look at the um, creator economy as well globally, um, I'll give you a number here: 1.42 billion globally will be the creator economy value in 2025. Right, so this is a huge area of growth, and we want to make sure that we're helping these entrepreneurs and these creators along the way. That's great. That's great to hear. So, how come do you see commerce as a place for loyal communities and building long-term connections? Because that also comes with SMEs and creators. It's not about that transactional, quick commerce, but it's making sure that the you know, buyers, they return, they have a community, they speak on your behalf. How do you embrace it and how do you feel this is, that there's importance in that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, at Shopify, in our 16 years, we've really helped the D2C merchants, okay. right? So, I mean, there's so many examples of that. Brands like Huel, we've helped grow and helped empower power their growth. But what we know now is that there is a new era of commerce that is coming, and we're calling it connect-to-consumer. What we see is that connect-to-consumer, or C2C, is the future of commerce. Mm -hmm. And we know this because we need to be able to reach merchants. Merchants need to be able to reach consumers right. wherever they are, you know, however they are. And it's no longer enough to have that direct transaction, mm -hmm. right? 
So D2C in the past relied heavily on advertising, right, low-cost advertising to fuel a transactional nature, right. right? And while a lot of these brands have grown and really prospered in this age, with all the changes in technology, the changes in the way that we're interacting, this connect-to-consumer is absolutely the future. So what is the basis of connect-to-consumer? Like, because that's a new term that I'm hearing. Yeah. yeah. Can you explain more? Sure, absolutely. So with connect-to-consumer, it's about many pathways to reach your consumer. So you can think about it, um, in D2C in the past, it was heavily reliant on digital advertising, right? Um, and we know that that low-cost digital advertising doesn't exist anymore, right? So within D2C, it is connecting on these multiple pathways, social commerce, community commerce, offline. You know, after the pandemic, with the return to store, and, and we're seeing this now, right. a, a huge return to store, right? Really? Uh, Absolutely, we're definitely seeing that. It's, um, you know, I think it's, um, 80, we're seeing an 80% increase of offline year over year in Q1. So this return to store is huge. Um, people want to now connect again in life, but they're coming into the store and doing it in different ways. Mm -hmm. So they're coming into store and we're look they're looking for a connection with the brand, an ability to understand, you know, the products, to feel the products, to touch the products, right. but they might then be transacting at a different point in a different way. So maybe later they're transacting on social commerce, right? So offline, social commerce, community commerce, all of these mm -hmm. form this new era of connect to consumer. Okay, and Shopify is behind that mission. And so Shopify is absolutely behind this I mission. Love that. Yeah. I love that. So we're gonna dive deep here because I know there's a quite, you know, partnerships that you announced earlier this summer. And then there's also a couple of tools that I wanted to understand sure. of how that, that, that directly um, embraces merchants and supports buyers. So you are supporting new forms of commerce and the two we will speak about today, there's a couple I know, but today I would like to focus on that social commerce and creator economy aspects. And with, maybe let's start with social commerce and understanding what it is because I spoke to a couple of people and a few people were like, wait, what's that? I mean, there are certain, you know, set up certain people you talk to, they're like, of course we know what is social commerce, this yeah. is the next big thing. If you talked about influencers, this is their bread and butter. Yeah. But the majority maybe of people still are new to this. Yeah. And I also know that a lot of Shopify merchants are already leveraging platforms like TikTok and Instagram. Basically, social commerce happens on those platforms yep. where creators connect and sell via their profile, via recommending certain things so their profile their kind of um, identity becomes representation of certain brand and products and i'm curious also that this is not just a shopify phenomenon in fact in 2021 80 percent of surveyed customers consumers in uk use social media platforms for shopping so this is quite huge as well yeah can you explain the what is social commerce and the phenomenon of it why is it skyrocketing today yeah, absolutely. So, and social commerce can take many forms, and we can talk through some specific examples of that. So, you mentioned Instagram and TikTok. Um, so, on Shopify, we saw our orders on um, partner services like that, orders for our merchants, increase five times year over year in Q2. Right. So, we know that people are, use, are using this. And, and I don't know about you, but me personally, every time I go on Instagram, um, I'm buying something pretty much. So. <laughs> I end up, something comes through my feed, I see a brand that I connect with, and, and, I, and I end up buying. So social commerce can be, take a lot of many different forms. So it can be looking at, um, it could be live video on YouTube, right? It could be placing orders, seeing something on TikTok or Instagram, looking through, looking at that social shop and actually buying something right then and there. Right? There, there's a lot of different ways that social commerce can happen. But if you think about how we're all spending our times and how we're connecting, these are the areas where we are. 
And so this is where we're spending our time. And so when we have the opportunity for a store or for a brand to give us the opportunity to purchase something right then and there, we're often doing it, right? And so that's, again, the heart behind this connected consumer. It's really about making sure that our creators, our brands, our merchants can show up and interact in real time Mm -hmm. with these consumers where they are and that they're able to actually transact at that point in time. I see. So, in fact, Shopify and YouTube recently announced they have joined forces to enable more creators and merchants to connect and offer solutions, you know, for buyers and audiences to shop in meaningful ways. And I was very curious because thinking of myself, you know, just like a couple, I don't know, 10 years ago, Five years ago, I could not imagine YouTube per se as a platform for shopping, right? So how things are shifting these days is just incredible. Certain things you thought are just for entertainment are becoming actually the perfect platforms for way more than that, right? For shopping. So, Dian, can you tell me more about this partnership? Why YouTube? And how actually will merchants be able to utilize this format? to sell their products. Maybe you could just give a couple of examples as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really um, excited about this partnership. And this follows on. We've done partnerships with Instagram, with TikTok. So this is a follow-on of us making sure, again, that we're making it very easy for creators and merchants to reach reach their buyers where they are. And so with the YouTube shopping integration, it's a very simple integration. It allows our merchants to reach um, YouTube's audiences 2 billion or over 2 billion logged in users every month. So this is a huge audience that it allows these merchants to to, um, access. And there's three different ways that it works, right? So there's YouTube Live. And so if you think about YouTube Live, um, you can have a creator, um, I'll use an example, um, Gabrielle Lindley in the UK, who could be doing a video, right? And in that time, she sells stickers. She also sells a lot of other different things, sticker books, a lot of different things she could have. Um, She'd be doing a live video, talking about something, and it will pop up that specific product that she's talking about, right? And it can happen, happens in picture in picture, so that you're continuing to see the live, but you've got the product that is right there. So you're able to transact all within that, all within that experience. Wait, but when the person clicks that, do they yeah. get, do they have to leave that? Out it's, all hap- it's all happening right there. So, and then you have the store tab. So there's a tab that is at the bottom of the YouTube channel where you're able to at any point in time access the store. So another great example um, of this is one of our crater merchants, United Stand. So they are a football fan channel. They have over a million fans and they are selling their merchandise, right? These fans, these are football fans. They want this merchandise. And so they now have a store tab available on their YouTube channel where they're able to access it. And then also, again, within on-demand videos. So within the on-demand videos, you're able to link to a product and all that transacting is happening, you know, is happening right there. So you're right. able to see exactly the product that the creator is talking about right then and there. This is so exciting. I mean, this just feels like so new and enabling like these new opportunities. And I mean, what was the reaction? What was the feedback the creators and merchants gave? Did they feel this makes their, you know, the transactions easier? Does it, or what was their feedback? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they definitely think it makes their transactions easier. And we had quite a few um, creators that were supporting the launch of that. So, you know, giving us quotes, talking about it. Um, An example of that is GrowCycle. So they are an exotic mushroom grower based in the UK. 
And what they do is they, I know it's really interesting, isn't it? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what the, yeah. To Google that afterwards. Google that growth cycle. So what they do, um, part of the thing that they do, so they're, it's, they're trying to help support people who want to go on a journey of, you know, this kind of um, cultivate, cultivating small farming, right? right? So they sell mushroom kits, things like that. And so you're able to get, you know, you're able to get access again, all within their channel to the products that they're selling. But they also um, have spent time talking about how great this integration has been and even shared in some of their um, channels on how great, how great the integration okay. has been. And yeah. when is it all live? Yeah, it's live. It's already live. It's already live. Yeah, so we have um, a lot of merchants across Europe have started using it. In the UK, I mentioned a few. Um, another one to talk about, I know that you're based in Berlin, is right. Body Kiss, who is an influencer, a fitness influencer in Germany, who's using the using the integration as well. Okay, I'm going to check it out. In terms of, um, when we th uh, think about the business model, um, what is the fee structure? Is there some kind of add-on if they use those features integrated on YouTube? Or is it part of the Shopify package that they're as creators already you know, paying? Yeah, so the fee model will depend on the product and how they're using it. Okay. So yeah, so it's varied, but again, it's all it's all very simple and straightforward. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, you know, I always wonder because this is where, when we talk about it, we talk about it in the scope of Europe at the moment. Yeah. And I can imagine that a lot of social commerce and that influence comes from Asia, in fact. And Asia and the countries there, I could imagine they're quite ahead when it comes to social commerce. There's live selling. There are probably other formats that you can tell me about that I'm not familiar. But can you give me some of the examples and how is the performance of social commerce in Asia? Why is it also so popular there? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll share some stats right. if that's helpful. Um, just to give... Um, to give some context to what is happening in the market in Asia. So social commerce, we talked about this earlier, I think is a $1.2 trillion industry by 2025, right? So this is, a, this is a big industry. But if you think about a market like India, it's already two to three billion in India today, and it's gonna to grow to 70 billion in 2030, right? Um, so this is incredible. And we talked about creators being the next entrepreneurs, right? So at this point, it's gonna be empowering 40 million um, creators, small businesses, entrepreneurs on social commerce. Mm -hmm. So this is incredible. Like the opportunity, the opportunity is huge, and so we know that this is going to be something that um, that you know what's happening today is something for us to look at to know kind of where we're going. So a lot of the categories we're seeing are apparel, brand, right, apparel and fashion are involved in in this time. And um, I can give you um, an example of um, a sari shop that is using today and so that? in India so saris you know oh, sorry. yeah right. yeah so we have a merchant Prashanti saris who they're using our link and bio to link pop to direct people to YouTube live shopping and video on demand right and they've got 671,000 subscribers right so this is a huge opportunity and a huge reach for these businesses to be using social commerce and you know and the consumers there are used to this right you talked about live selling all of this this has already been happening for years and so it gives a great opportunity to be kind of pioneering from a, from a social commerce perspective. Mm -hmm. And what is actually per se um, live selling? Yeah. How does that happen? Yeah, so with live selling, so again, um, on that example that I gave you, yeah. so they're using their Instagram profile, right. right? They're on YouTube 
and they're actually selling products there live. So, okay, that's yeah. what you mean. Okay, yeah, so it, that's yeah. what I'm selling. Okay. Yeah. How do people react? Does it feel a bit... But that's pr pretty much what we've seen on the TVs previously, you know, those uh, TVs when they... On the live channels. The live channels, channels, Especially yeah. in the States. I mean, those are still yep. happening where you kind of like, you can give a call and then purchase things, right? Yeah, yeah. So we are kind of familiar with it. Exactly. Maybe to not that extent that it's just taking a new form, which goes through the social media platforms and not from the TV, right? Yeah. So exactly. in the way we are... We are already warmed up for it, right? We are warmed so, up for because it, yeah. I'm curious, you know, are we following the footsteps of Asia when it comes to live selling and the, those other forms of social commerce? And can this skyrocket here in Europe to the extent we see it there, or not? Yes. You know? Yeah, so, no, I think we are. We are. We are following the footsteps, right? right? Um, and you know, on Shopify, we have live selling apps that merchants can integrate with their stores, and we saw an 85% growth of those being installed from Q1 to Q2 alone, right. right? So this is happening across the world. Right. Right? This is something that is going to, going to happen everywhere. And we're seeing a lot of our merchants really harness the power of, of social commerce and social media right. to, you know, to, again, drive this connection with the consumers and to drive connections. Um, do you know the brand Never Fully Dressed? Yes, I heard about yeah. it. It's like it has beautiful dresses. Beautiful dresses, right, yeah. Right. And um, it's, um, you know, for me personally, it's a, it's a brand. I love the story. So um, it was founded by a woman um, in Essex here in the UK. They have inclusive sizing, right? So they are, um, if you look at their Instagram, I was looking at their Instagram last night. If you look at their Instagram, they are showcasing inclusive models, um, normal people. And they are using things like, they might not be doing live selling today, right? I'm not sure. But they're using these different social channels like TikTok and Instagram to um, share styling tips with their audiences and to really, again, make that connection happen. I see. And do you think the consumers are ready in Europe for that? Because when we speak about TikTok, we usually imagine Gen Zs yeah. uh, as the main <laughs> users of <laughs> yes. that. But can we imagine the rest of, you know, millennials using it and getting used to that? Or is it going to be there will be a generation gap between who is equipped to uh, purchase via uh, life, uh, life selling or social commerce? Right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's going to be something that happens for everyone, right? right? There are obviously going to be certain brands that are, you know, for instance, we have a lot of brands already using token-gated commerce. Is my mom going to be using token-gated commerce anytime <laughs> soon with NFTs? Maybe not, but maybe she will, right? So, you know, social commerce and, you know, all these different kind of pathways and connections, they enable you to figure out where your audience is and engage with them there. But I do think that it's going to continue to be democratized and we're seeing it happen at a very quick pace, right? right? So I don't think it will be, you know, just limited to a specific generation. I think this is going to continue to accelerate, especially in the ways we all connect today. That's great. That's good to hear. And maybe to wrap up this part of the conversation, what is, would you say, is a missing piece in the creator economy for, you know, for it to truly power the new era of social commerce, for it to become the norm? Maybe as we see the norm happening you know, with Web2 services that we're used to, mm -hmm. with us using iPhone, and this is becoming an like, integral part of our lives, what has to happen here? for it to you know, spark and skyrocket and become like a mass, um, mass way of shopping, right? Yeah, much. yeah, absolutely. So look, we've talked a lot about, you know, Shopify is betting big on this, on connect to consumer, on yeah. social commerce. We're investing a lot. We're creating a lot of tools to support, um, to support every merchant as they, as they kind of dip into this space. Um, one of the things that we see that's missing is right now it's hard for creators and brands or merchants to connect, right? 
So we have, um, we have solved this. We have launched something called Shopify Collabs, where we're allowing creators to access the millions of brands on Shopify and vice versa those brands to get access to creators. But making the connection between those two is still something that is, you know, that is, um, needs more improvement and that we're seeing as an opportunity. So still today, it's difficult, you're saying, for merchants and creators to find each other. So yeah. for influencers to be discovered yeah. and vice versa. Yeah, for influencers to be discovered by appropriate brands and vice versa, right? For influencers or for creators to discover the brands that um, speak to them and then making it easy for them to be able to showcase this right. to their you know, really engaged and quite often large audiences. Okay, so it becomes in a way a marketplace for uh, those two groups to connect and to find like filter on maybe based on like the industry, based on the criteria to filter and to find one another, They're, right? Exactly. Like a exactly. talent market. Like yeah. yeah, it's a yeah, it's an air it's a way for them to connect really seamlessly. Hmm. Yeah, because at the moment I could imagine it happens very manually, yeah. pretty much, and then people have to do the research and then potentially pitch themselves also to the merchants, or the merchants need to pitch their products to the influencers, right? Exactly. So it's a bit, it's a bit of a longer, um, a longer process, yeah. And then the technology to connect the two to make it very seamless, right? Okay. So that's um, one of the things I'm really excited about I that we've that we've That's very interesting. So. I also know that there's another product or the tool that you have is LinkPop. LinkPop, right. yeah. Can yeah. you tell me about that? Yeah, so LinkPop is a link and bio tool. Right. Um, and so it enables creators to have a link and bio to their shops and, and to the different, um, you know, the different kind of um, retail activities right. that they're doing. And so the Sari shop that I mentioned earlier in India, they're using it. Right. Another great example is one of our creators, um, Long Hair Pretty Nails. And so it's all about um, nails, uh, makeup, all of that. So that, that she is, it has a really engaged audience on that. So she's used Link in Bio and has showed significant increase to, um, to her store. Okay, I see that. So maybe on, you know, as, we, as we're coming to like wrap up this session and this conversation, more like a macro perspective, more a bit like a future outlook that yeah. I'm looking for <laughs> to hear from you, Dan. What does the future look like for commerce? And what do you feel, you know, you know, doing the market expansion, working now in Shopify for quite some time, how do you see things evolving? How does the future look like? You know, tell me, what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, look, I, I'm really passionate about connect to consumer right? We've seen that D2C phenomenon. We know that the environment has changed. And I think that this is a huge, it's a huge opportunity. And it's really, we have to act on it now, right? So we need to make sure that brands and that merchants are really coming online in this meaningful way and creating these connections. You know, um, the macroeconomic headwinds, right? We're being very specific about how we spend our money, what we do with our money. We have to, especially in Europe. And so I think that the time to start thinking about these things is now. Um, looking a bit further ahead, there's always talk about Web3, right? So all of us talk about it all the time. And I think that um, token-gated commerce is something I'm incredibly excited about. So we have, we have brands using it now, already. right? So we already have brands. Um, a great example of this is um, Daily Paper, which is a Dutch streetwear brand. So they have an NFT collection that has unlocked the ability to get to exclusive events, things like that. Right, and so um, so we know brands are using it now. We know consumers are using it now. But the next step on that, where we're already seeing some some brands start to dabble, is with a community commerce take. Right. And so if you think about it, you could use um, 
You can use these NFTs collaboratively. So a brand or a sub-brand or a collaborator brand, right? An NFT that maybe you hold with another brand could unlock opportunities with a collaboration, right? right? And so um, we've seen collaborators like Super Gucci, um, Super Plastic and Gucci, so they did Super Gucci. Right. Uh, so there's a lot of collaboration happening, but with by using the um, NFT and using this Web3 technology, you're able to do this in a way where you're not sharing users' data, right? And so it's also really um, compliant around a privacy perspective, mm -hmm. and it just makes it, you know, this is kind of the way of the future, and being able to make these collaborations even a step further, and really with like the, the consumer at the heart of it, I think is really exciting. Mm -hmm. good, to, good to hear that. And what is your, personally, your heart is beating for? Because right now you're mostly focusing on, uh, you know, market expansion. Yep. What's ahead for you? You know, what's what does the year look like for you? Yeah, so we're, um, so right now we're really focused on, yeah, so we're focused on expansion in Europe, right? We're um, focused on our partnerships and our community, right? So one of the things that I'm very passionate about at Shopify is our ecosystem. Right. We have partners that are entrepreneurs that are building businesses on Shopify. And so that's something that is, is really, really exciting. So I'm spending a lot of time thinking about how do we help our ecosystem grow and how do we benefit both our partners and our merchants. Yeah. Yeah. And also in the way that you guys are also working um, as entrepreneurs, because as you mentioned, right, we spoke before that you, you have a fully remote digital off basically office, right? Can you tell me more? So yeah. it kind of sets maybe the mood for that entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Shopify is um, is fully remote, so we're digital by design. Mm -hmm. And so everyone in the company works from, you can say home, but they work from where they work, right? And so it's a distributed workforce and it allows us to hire the best talent in the world. It's amazing from an expansion perspective, right? Because we're really able to get get the right people to work on the right problems, and we're, and we're really thoughtful about it. Um, we still come together, IRL, so we were talking earlier, we have um, ways to get together intentionally to solve big problems, because sometimes proximity is needed, but on a day-to-day -day basis, we're all working um, in our own environments, and, and we do hire very entrepreneurial people. Um, if you look at even our, our executive team and our very senior leaders in the company, a lot of them are entrepreneurs. Seems like a good place to be, right? Yeah. So it sounds amazing. Yeah. To wrap up this conversation, usually my last question is always about women authors of achievement. That's the name yeah. of the podcast. And this is also the women I get to interview, but also at the end, I would love to hear from my guests who do they consider as a woman author of achievement and who they would like to give a spotlight. So, Dan, who comes to your mind? Usually my guests say it's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> it is a tough question. It is a tough question. And there are so many inspiring women. I mean, we're, we've talked a lot about social commerce today. One of, I think one of the, mo the biggest benefits of social media that I've seen is the ability for um, women to kind of support each other and for a lot of women doing incredible things to be highlighted. So I've discovered a lot of women that I never would have known, right, or that I never would have heard of doing incredible things. Okay. Um, but I think for me personally, I think I have to say my friends. And, so, you know, um, and I say my friends, I am really like lucky to be surrounded by a group of women that are super supportive, that are super challenging. We discuss work. We discuss the world, right? We have a lot of things that that, um, that we support each other on. And, and if I think back over kind of my professional career in my 20s, one of my friends from my hometown and I lived together, and we had a projector and we used to practice our presentations, you know, before we'd go into big meetings the day before, right? Um, so um, I guess if I, I'll, I'll call out one of my friends, 
Um, there's a woman called Tracy Averbaum, and she is... Hello um, to Tracy. Hello to Tracy. <laughs> she was very early at Facebook and Instagram. She worked at first doing digital transformation and was the CMO of Soho House. So she's got an incredible career. Um, but she is one of my go-to people when I'm thinking through tough problems, when I'm trying to decide what to do next. You know, as I said, she's supportive, she's challenging, um, and she spends a lot of time kind of bringing up everybody around her and all her friends. And I think, you know, being a woman, that's one of the most important things we can do, right? We have to support each other. We have to bring each other up. We have to remind 100%. each other why we're great. hundred percent. So, I love that. Yeah. I mean, this is the perfect answer. And um, I hope Tracy get to hear this <laughs> episode. Yeah, and thank you so much for um, this conversation. It's been very exciting to do this live podcast, right? And yeah. in, in, in London. And then just to understand about social commerce, creator economy, there's so many things to unlock here. And I think there's such a potential and my wish to all the creators, entrepreneurs, to get to, into this as soon as possible because there's such a potential, right? And you want to be up there. You want to start utilizing the tools. Yeah. And I think this is, this is going to help them to skyrocket their business, to make it profitable, to be independent. You know, and then we will see more and more creators being entrepreneurs, running their businesses, having angel investors as their investors, right? Exactly. So there's such a great potential here. And I hope here, uh, people who are listening, there's also entrepreneurs, founders, who are now like, wait, wait a second. All I have to do is start connecting those dots, start integrating those tools, start building my network, talking to people, and then, you know, in two years from now, bam, you launched your business. Exactly, exactly. No, I mean, we want entrepreneurs to turn their passion into profit, right? And creators, as we said, are the next entrepreneurs. Yes. Since we're live here, I encourage everyone who's been listening and sitting here to talk to us because usually in the studio, there's no one. Yeah. So there's no one who can interact with the guests. So now you actually can ask the questions and connect. Uh, so do that. And I wish you a lovely day. Well, thank you. Wonderful to meet you and spend this time with you. Thanks thank so you. much. Thank you for joining us today. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please don't forget to leave us a review. We're always excited to read them. If you want to interact with us, the guests, or the podcast listeners, then head over to our Instagram page at waa.berlin. And while you're there, make sure to check our webshop. Thank you again for listening, and we're looking forward to being back soon.